This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Lesson 31 of Equine Clicker 101 Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. We're taking or preparing to take your training on the road. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Villanova Training and Cavalier Feeds. This is Shauna Karish, and in today's episode, what we're going to do is talk about how do you prepare your horse to go on the road with the training. It means show season is almost here. Some of you want to show, some of you want to hit the trail, some of you just want to go to your friend's house, or sometimes it's something practical like you need to go to the vet. But but we want to be sure that we prepare them to take the, the training on the road. This is called Context Shift, and we're going to walk through some steps of how you can practice this at home so you can build up so your horse understands when you shift the context what's being asked of them. So it helps to bring clarity. One of the things that people ask all the time is where can I buy clickers or targets or, or, or books or videos or all of that kind of stuff. So what you can do is you can go to my um, website, which is on-target-training.com, and you go to the product page, and you can find all sorts of things there. Or you can just look up Shauna Karish, and you will find me, you will find Via Nova, you will find all of it together. So you can go find more resources there. Speaking of Via Nova, I want to tell you a little bit more about what Via Nova is. So Via Nova is the place where I live and, and work and have horses. So it is a positive reinforcement training facility that was started just a couple years ago. And we do workshops there and we have a crew of people that are really dedicated to helping People to learn how to do positive reinforcement, how to do it correctly, how to avoid some of the pitfalls that people can fall into. And, and it's a place where you can come and take intensive week-long courses in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is actually quite beautiful. It's a lovely place, and it is, it's great. And we've just built a brand-new training center or learning center, and it is really something. So if you want to learn more about positive reinforcement, if you want to go deeper and learn more, that's a place to go is to Via Nova training. We also do some where we're out on the road and hitting the roads, going to horse shows and, horse shows and stuff, but we're really focusing our education on coming to our learning center at Via Nova in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So really come out and see us. All righty, folks. This is an important topic. Now, this isn't a topic that you necessarily would think of in, in more traditional training methods, but it's one of the things that I know is really is an important topic, and it really revolves around something called context shift. And that sounds rather, you know, what? You know, it sounds rather technical, but it basically means anytime you shift the context, one little piece of the context, we can actually lose criteria. So that one little piece of context could be that you asked your horse to do it in a different part of the arena. You did it when there was a different neighbor in the paddock next to him, or you've asked it in big ways in a different place in a different time. And so all of those little things that we can, that we can shift really do a lot to help us 
to prepare our horses for when the shifts get bigger and bigger and bigger. So what we want to do is we want to start with little teeny tiny shifts where we can set them up for success. But I think the important part of that is anticipating that you may lose some criteria. So let's say I've done, you know, a spin, you know, whichever, or backup or whatever it is, I've done it in the in, in the indoor arena. Now that's where I've pretty much done it. And mostly I've done it in the front part of the indoor arena. So I'm kind of in the, you know, the first, you know, fifth of the, the indoor arena. And that's where I do most of my session. And that's where I've, he's learned this behavior. Well, even taking him to the back of the arena can present quite a quandary for him. You know, he may go, I don't know it here because it's all relative and associated with the front part of the arena. So that is a small context shift, but a context shift nonetheless. For some horses, it's no big deal. They get it, they move right along, and that's not a problem. But for some horses, it is bigger than we could possibly think. So what we want to do is practice this and taking it and thinking So taking the behavior to different places and then thinking about what can we do to help set them up for success and then what can we do to help challenge them. So while we're trying to challenge them in their thinking and build some resiliency in the behavior, we also, we, we need to, we need to question and we need to get a little bit harder and a little bit harder, but we're ready with our tools to set them up for success. So while in the beginning, working in the same place may help to set them up for success. And you've noticed me talking throughout the podcast, throughout the lessons that we've done, that a lot of times I will shift and do it in a little different place. And then I'll do something else in between. And then I come back to it. But I've moved 20 feet away. And then and in our exercises, in the homework that I've given you to go home, I do encourage you to try things in different places. But it can be taken as an aside. So I wanted to be sure that we thought about it and really could break down and 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 challenge ourselves to, to really work on this. This can be a great thing to do where you take each of your behaviors to a new place. Now, when the things get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, we I mean, like going to a show, there's a huge context shift. There's a lot of things that can be either distraction distracting or even downright worrisome for them. So the more we can build the resiliency in the behavior, meaning the behavior is stronger regardless of what's going on around them and more dependable and more reliable, we it'll go a lot for helping us in those tougher situations or situations that may our horses may find tough. Sometimes we don't think it's a big deal, but they might. And it may not be something you can even recognize. But by, by checking the behavior, by testing the behavior in different areas, we can really go a long way towards building uh, some more consistency and more reliability with our horses. And again, it really helps our horses to learn this as a concept to focus on us and rule out all the stuff that's around them. So it's a really great exercise to do. But as I said, it can start with little things saying I worked in the front part of the arena. Now I'm going to go to the middle part of the arena. Now I'm going to go to the back part of the arena. Now I may have music coming through the stereo on in the in the arena. Or now I may have another horse that's that's also working with you in the arena. Or I may have, I mean, you now it goes on and on and on and on, the different things we can do. Or maybe I tend to work it in the morning because that's when I tend to see my horse. Well, doing it in the afternoon or evening can be like, well, we don't do it after dinner. You know, so, so there's very, very many things you can do. Now, there's also another thing I really like to do is do it in really completely different arenas. So working indoors is very different from working outdoors. There's a lot of different 
distractions and things to focus. And clearly that would be an approximation towards most shows is going to be making sure we can do this behavior outside. As we're coming off of winter, a lot of us have maybe worked inside or maybe haven't worked too much at all or been very, very quick about things. So by um, taking it to an outside arena or a different arena or doing it in their paddock, this also is another way that we can check the context. Another thing you can do to check the context, and I think this is also a really important one, but it can be a little more challenging, is making sure other people can do it this with your horse. So if it's a ridden thing and you're the only one riding your horse, that may be something that you're going to check a little bit later. But but a lot of times for things like, you know, going to the vet's office and then the vet needs to give him an injection or needs to ask him to lift his foot for an x-ray or whatever it might be. Just that context alone can be weird, but also having, if somebody else is working with your horse or handling your horse, that can also so be kind of a strange sensation for them. So by having other people work these behaviors, you're, you're going a long way towards helping them to generalize and look and think the behavior is the behavior and liking the behavior and realizing that because you can set it up at home a little differently, even if you're having somebody else work with the horse, you can still reinforce the horse or have them reinforce the horse. So they may think, I don't have a great relationship with this person. I don't even know this person. I have a great relationship with you. I'll do anything for you. So this is a way we can start to expand that a little bit and start to have them learning that lots of things and not lots of situations are a good potential for reinforcer. So the context shift is really an important element and something I do encourage you all the time to check and do, but I would really like you to take, take maybe three different behaviors that you're working with and we're going to test those in different places. So think about where you've done them, when you've done them, who's been around when you've done them. And, and I want you to test those parameters so we can get ourselves ready for doing things in other places. Now, this clearly, I mean, it's one thing on the ground, but this is also really, really important when we're talking about ridden behaviors as well, because there's a lot of times when we're on the back of our horses, they can feel a little, they feel better when we're on the ground. I think most people have experienced this and recognize this. I don't know if it's because they think, well, the lion will get you first. Or if it is that they can visually see us and they feel the comfort of us being right next to them and kind of being extra supportive. It doesn't matter which it is. It's just something we we tend to see. So under saddle stuff sometimes can have them feeling a little bit more alone and sometimes a little bit more insecure. We've talked about some of the one of the earlier lessons. Um, I don't know, let's see what it was. I think it was... Oh, I don't remember which letter, which one, but we've worked on working on behaviors under saddle and introducing our horses to, to strengthen behaviors under saddle so we can work with a spooky horse or help redirect their focus to something good and something productive, you know, as opposed to, uh, just letting them flail. So if you start to see them get too fixated on something, I ask them to bend or collect or something that they love and they go, oh yes. And it takes them back to that safe place. Or I use the ridden um, target, which is another nice way to actually use a target while under saddle. So those are things we can incorporate. But what we really want to do is see if we can't get these behaviors strong enough on their own. So having these behaviors that are 100%, they're great at home, they're perfect at jumping, they're perfect at 
you know, their relaxed walk. They're great at their canter departs. All these things are really strong. They're good at their downward transitions, are really strong at home. But what we need to do is start changing that up a little bit here and there. So working at a different arena, working outside of the arena, working on the trail, going to a, a neighboring farm, if they'll let you trailer over or ride over and work over there. All of these things help you to help your horse to bring up their criteria and have the same criteria away or with these this shift in the context as they do when everything is set perfectly for them. So this also brings me up to another thing that we, we talk about quite a bit, and that is really trying to set up set them up for success or or setting up your antecedent arrangements, which that's a technical term, but basically trying to set them up for success. So if I'm, if I've got a horse who is really prone to, you know, being very active and I want to do, you know, work on him standing quietly for clipping, let's say, I don't, I, I try to do it after they've had exercise. So that's not a bundle of energy on out they've had energy I try to pick a time of the day and a place and that will help them to be relaxed and and focused so it's a way that I can set them up for success now on the other hand I may have a horse who I'm working on as upward transitions they're not so good I'm going to try to use the energy and and capture the energy as much as I can so that I can build a good reinforcement with that history with that behavior those tools that we do to set them up for success so maybe I'm going to ride that horse before it's the hottest part of the day or before they go run around with their friends. I'm going to use things that are tools to setting them up for success by thinking about what what can we do that are going to make my odds of succeeding be greater. Well, that's, that's a really important step and a really important part, but we always also want to be able to fade those tools. So I can do clipping first thing in the morning or late in the afternoon. I can ride my horse who won't go, is has a propensity to not go forward first thing in the morning or later in the afternoon after he's been turned out with his friends. Because by then I've built a nice, strong reinforcement history with the behavior. They like the behavior. They choose the behavior. In fact, it's probably even gone to the point of being a bit classically conditioned. So I think that that part is really, really important. But I also need to fade those tools. Well, that is also a bit of a context shift as we start to say, well, I'm not going to do it. You know, first thing in the morning when you have the most energy, I'm going to see if we can't do it a little bit later. Maybe it is closer to the hottest part of the day or that, you know, and so the different things that we can do that is addressing that context shift. But it's something to keep in mind as you're training and keep in mind, maybe you've hung on to some of those things that have set them up for success. You just hadn't thought about I'm going to do this someplace else in a different time and see how strong it is. Now, one of the things I've said is you also want to think about before you go to a different place, I anticipate that I'm going to lose some some criteria that they're going to go, I don't know. I don't remember what to do. I don't, I just don't remember, you know, or I'm so distracted. I can't focus, whatever it is. So re- try to recall the tools you use to train the behavior in the first place and do not hesitate to go back and use them. So, for example, maybe with, you know, you know, 
moving forward under saddle. You've used the the cones with the targets in them and you've clicked them for going to the targets. And by now you've faded all the targets out of there and they're just going forward simply by your leg. Well, now that you're going to try and shift one piece of this context, you might need to put, you may need to put the cones back out and think I may need to use those. So have them ready. So if you, if it, that you asked to go and he's not really kind of going like he normally does, you can go back and start pointing him to the target and build that back up again. So have a little, little recall in your mind go back to how you got there and then um and 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 don't hesitate to use that again you'll be able to feed those tools or fade those tools but in the first initial steps of of shifting you you may lose some criteria so just be ready to help them out and then fade them and you'll you'll see that that behavior will get stronger and stronger and stronger in lots of places so this is a good principle to remember to hang on to especially because a lot of us do want to go out and go trail riding and go to a show or go to, you know, or, or, or even for practical reasons, you know, we want them to load in a trailer regardless of where we are. So those are all good things to check. So I want you to go ahead and get ready, get your stuff together because we're going to head to the, to the lab. So go get your horse ready. Think about three different behaviors that you want to work on with your horse. Think about how you train those behaviors. So if you need to have a cone ready, go ahead and have a cone ready, you know, or if you need a target ready, have a target ready. If you need a mounting block, whatever pieces it is that you need and you've used, maybe for some things you've used a ground pole, but, but have those pieces there and ready so you can recreate that behavior and help figure out how to get them back on track. Okay. So go ahead, get your stuff ready, figure out where the best place for you to work is and pick three behaviors that we can challenge a little bit. Doesn't mean the full throttle. We're not going from completely onto something really drastic. Just think little shifts that you can do in different behaviors that you can say, well, I'm going to try it in the back of the arena and then I'm going to try it um, in the middle of the arena and then I'm going to try it, you know, so use the different pieces. Okay. So there you go. Get ready. And I will talk to you in a few minutes. When you're ready, turn this back on. All righty. Okay. So I have Murray with me today. And we are in the outdoor arena. And it is... I'm going to ask him, these are behaviors that I've really strengthened through the winter time. So that means I worked these behaviors and they're pretty sedentary behaviors. So I worked them quite a bit in the indoor arena because it was winter and, you know, we didn't have the greatest weather. So now taking it outside, it's springtime, it's a little cooler and it can be a little bit windy sometimes. So, and there's, and we've had construction with our, our, uh, learning center it's done now but but with there it's still a little bit distracting and new so i'm going to work on his spin which is a simple spin just walking in a circle i'm going to work on his stay and i'm going to work on his backup and the way i teach a backup is i want him i give him one cue and he backs up for me and 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 continues away from me i just stand still and he just backs and backs and backs without me giving him a second cue so those are things and he's probably got about about eight reliable steps now so this behavior isn't solid yet i mean i would like him to go the length of the arena and and to have a little bit more momentum but it's good enough 
that we can go and and start checking these behaviors. And so that's the things I'm going to work on today. What I need from my spin, I'm going to need to have, I have a target in a traffic cone. So it is a mobile stationary target. <laughs> so I can, I can set it somewhere and it stays put. So it is stationary, but I can move it. So it's mobile. So I have that. So if I need to go back and use that, I can use that. And then the stay is all about me moving away from him. So we don't need any props for that. I will just take a step back and where I'll go back to the very early ste steps of it. And then the backup is I have Marsh here with me and Marsh has a target as well because we trained it with two people. So the one person would give the cue, the other person would um, initially start the backup with the target. Now he's gotten to the point where he's building longevity without a second person, but I have a person there to remind him of these early steps just in case we need them. Okay, so we're gonna go out there and I'm gonna kinda, I'm gonna work on each of these things in the front part of the arena and then the back part which is um, it is further away from the buildings the other horses so it kind of is the area they don't go to quite as much it's out you know out yonder so I'm going to start and ask him in the early parts in the more familiar area that he works with so here we go okay Murray are you ready to go Okay, can you stand beside me? And what I'm going to do right now, like I do with a lot of my early sessions, or my when I start a lot of sessions, I'm going to start with him just standing quietly with his head to himself. I want relaxation to be our starting point, so that's what I'm doing. I, he's doing great, so I clicked and fed him, and that's perfect. And now he's just standing. He's nice and relaxed, and I clicked and I fed him. And so it's a way that I can say, yep, we're, we're doing this session and it's a way that I can kind of make sure that we have this starting point. So if he gets a little lost, I want to remind him about the, the, how important this standing quietly is. I guess I remind him most sessions because it's really important. <laughs> anyway, so that's perfect. Okay, so I'm going to take him. I'm actually going to start off the spin with the cone because this one is, I think it can be a little bit more arbitrary so I set the cone out here and I'm going to the way I do it is I'm about a quarter turn away I'm going to just remind him about going to the target first okay to target good and I clicked and fed him I basically sent him to a target is what I did but I sent it from 45 degrees a 90 degree angle so he kind of had to walk the beginning of his spin and that's how he learned the spin Okay, so that's going great, and I'm going to go right to the 180. So now I'm actually going to look for the spin. And the way we've done it is we faded uh, the target out from behind him so he can do it without a target. I'm just going to walk him so the target is like a little bit further behind him, like it's going to be three feet behind him. So come on up here, Murray. That's good. And now we're, we're set up. It's right behind him. And Murray, can you spin? Okay, he kind of just looked at me for a minute, so we're going to try again. Murray. Okay, spin. There he goes. Okay, perfect. I ducked it. Good, perfect. I ducked to the other side like I did in the early stages. Once he went to back to the target, he didn't actually go to the target. But you could see he was looking at it, and I got his other eye. I got on the other side of him, and we finished it. So that was great. So that was nice. I'm going to walk him now 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it again first. Okay, so I'm gonna do this again and see if we can't get it a little bit more fluid. Murray, spin. Perfect, and that's good. Now he's thinking spin. Now that he's got that, I'm gonna go the other direction, which has kind of always been his weaker direction, but I think now he's got it in his head. I've got him thinking, oh, this behavior is still tangible out here. So that's terrific, and Murray, spin really really good okay so i clicked and i'm feeding him a, a few handfuls for that because this to me so i'm giving him another handful this to me is a brand new behavior you know this is not i mean it's because it, it's, it's not a brand new behavior but it's a behavior that's in flux a behavior that i'm trying to be certain is in a new place we're back to a really strong learning phase not that any of these behaviors that i'm doing here today are a hundred percent solid where we've just moved on he's great with it these are things that are kind of are in transition but they're they're pretty solid so i'm feeding him a fair share for that because i really appreciate his focus him getting the right answer and thinking through it he was problem solving so now i said that i was going to do i'm going to stick with doing the spin again but what i'm going to do is i'm going to take him uh like 20 feet away from the cone walking towards the back of the arena. So I'm going to do each behavior while I've got him thinking spin. I'm going to use that kind of repetition to help set him up for success. So it's a new way of setting him up for success, which I'll have to fade at another point in time, but not today. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take him about 20 feet away, walking towards the back a little bit. And that's good. I'm going to ask for a leg. Good. I clicked him for that. And I reinforced him. So I'm just keeping him on his toes. I just asked him to lift his own leg and hold it up for a second. That was great. And that's good. Now I'm going to just kind of walk all around him a bit and rub him. And that's perfect. He's doing good. All righty. So let's go. And I'll go his best direction first. Murray, spin. Good. Very, very good. So he did that really, really well. Now, I I could see he was taking a look around the place. Now, he wasn't looking for the target. It looked to me that he was kind of looking who was around where and if anybody was in the lunging arena. But he did it. He did it great. And that's perfect. So now I'm going to have him go the other direction. So this is a little bit more challenging. Spin. And he did that really well. Good. So I'm reinforcing him for that. And then I'm going to walk to the back. So I'm reinforcing him while we walk. So I gave him a big handful, but I'm going to continue to reinforce him a little bit as we continue to walk towards the back. And that's great. And now we are pretty much in the back area. We don't go back here very much for working. This isn't as familiar. And uh, I'm going to, and nobody else is really out around us. Okay, so now I'm being a little optimistic. I may end up having to go back and get the cone, but I'm feeling pretty good. So I'm going to see if I can't just get him to do a target. I mean, do the spin without the cone. All right. And spin. Perfect. And that was great. And I'm going to give him a few handfuls for that. I'm not even going to try the other direction. I just like that he did it. And that was fantastic. So now I'm going to feed him a bunch here. And then we're going to start walking back to the front of the arena and work on the stay. So there we go. So I don't know which behaviors you're working at, but to continue to think about, you know, how you could set him up for success. What is the best way? What is the easiest way? Now, you may have had some little glitches along the way. 
I don't. And if you've had big glitches, I'm just talking while we're walking. If you've had big glitches, don't worry about it. Stay in the front of the arena. You know what I mean? If Murray had really kind of had a hard time sorting it out with the uh, with the stay. I mean, with the spin, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have moved on. I would have just said, "Hey, I see this is harder than I thought it might be. I'm going to try to get you just a little bit more focus and success. Just being outside, it's enough. I don't need to work on the the, the other parts of the arena yet. But the spin was pretty solid. Okay, so now I'm going to do the spin in the center of the arena. Not the spin. They're also essy. I'm going to do the stay in the middle of the arena. So. This is one I think he's going to do pretty well. I feel pretty confident about this one. So I'm just going to go to the middle, but I am going to go back to the little. I'm going to take a little baby step and give him a really early bridge signal if he gets the if he's on the right track. So I'm going to go to his side, and I am not looking for duration right yet. Stay, and I rock back, and I take a step. Click, good. And now I'm reaching up. I'm going to go feed him up where I want him to be, so he doesn't come to me for the stay. He stays put, and that was great. So I'm going to do it again. Stay, and I back up, and I back up, and I'm taking a step towards the back. And perfect. I clicked and fed again. I don't want to get too greedy, and that was really nice. So we are going to try it. I'm going to see if I can't walk all the way around him this time. And he seems really focused, but but honestly, he can kind of look around and take in the environment without and stay. You know, it's not asking him to do quite as much unless he's feeling insecure and he wants to stay with me. Okay, so stay. All right, and I'm backing up, and I'm walking around the backside, and he's doing really good, and this is excellent. And click, good boy, Murray. That is fantastic. And so I reinforced on there. And you know what I realized is a little bit of a context shift for him. I'm not usually talking to somebody else while I'm doing this, you know. So he can feel that my focus is with somebody else. So that was perfect. I'm giving a few handfuls for that. Now we're going back up to the front of the arena, and we are going to work on his backup. This is his most challenging behavior, and this is a behavior I'm not going to even worry about taking to the back of the arena. If I can get him to do a few steps up here, you know, if I can get five steps or so up here, or feel like he's fluidly going, I'm going to be happy with that, and I'm going to leave it there because this is an exercise that's more about his head and his focus and retaining what he's learned versus really working at a hundred percent criteria yet. We'll get back to it, but for now, I want to show that he understands and. And he's willing, and he's going there. Okay, so Murray. Okay, so I'm going to give him a signal. Back up. Okay, so he did a step or two, and they just came right back. So I just gave him a pause. I kind of made eye contact. So I see what you did there. Not going to reinforce that one, and see if we can't try again. Murray, back up. Now I'm going to walk with him for a step or so. Good. And they're perfect. So, so I gave him. I walked with him for a step or two. I we really worked it where he goes away, but me stepping into him kind of helps him because that's been the initial cue has been part of that. So then, as I did a step, I did. I continued. What I basically did is I continued the cue for a couple steps, and so then he got the idea. And as he was moving, then he took two steps on his own. You could tell he let go of me, and he thought, "Oh yeah, I know what to do," and he backed up. So that was fantastic. 
Now, notice I saved the hardest one for last. <laughs> okay, because I want a jackpot on this one if I can. I want to give him a big giant reward for this one if it goes well. Okay, so I'm going to ask again. Murray, back up. Okay. He hesitated. Good. Very good. Now, you can see he, he went and then he kind of hesitated and then he kind of swung back into taking another. I could tell he got back into motion to back up again. So that was really, really good. So I'm going to have him walk forward with me a little bit. Let's go over here. So we're shifting position slightly. We're just like 10 feet away, but we're, we're still in the front of the arena. We're not very different, but I, I shifted a little bit. And Murray, can you back up? One. Perfect. And he did six steps that were pretty fluid for him. So that is great. I'm giving him, I'm trying, we're going to trot over here and I'm going to give him a big jackpot. So I have a little uh, bucket set over here. I'm going to give him a jackpot and let him, uh, I'm going to end my session there because I think that was fabulous. I was really pleased with that. I knew that this one, this last behavior was the biggest question. So I was pleased that he did that. He did it while I was talking to you guys. He did it in a new arena, and that was fabulous. So what I want you to do is get to a place where you have some success. If you're having trouble with your first behavior, you may stick with that a little bit. It doesn't mean you have to get all three of them. You may make a mental note and think, okay, let's get back to getting, you know, maybe you didn't get to wean the props and you still needed the things you used to help trade. That's okay. All right. So. He's great. I want you to get to a good place where you can finish up with your horse and then meet me back in the classroom and we'll kind of talk about how it went and we'll talk about homework. So you finish up and put get everything safe and put away and I'll meet you in a little bit. All righty. Well, I, of course, I hope that went well for you. I hope that was clear for you and gave you kind of a little insight to where your horse is when you shift the contact just a little. So we're going to get some homework and the homework's really important because you want to carry on from here. This is just the beginning. There's always more to do. One of the things that people ask me all the time is what do I feed the horses? What should I be using to reinforce my horses? Now, you can use treats. Cavalor has a great treat called Cavalor Crunchies, which most every horse likes. And they're low in their starches, low in their sugars. They're they're good, healthy treat. It's kind of like a granola bar for your horse versus a candy bar. So it is a great thing to give your horse. But also what I tend to do is I use part of my food for the day. So I use, kind of try to use something that is, is, works within their diet. So I can pull some of the food for the day and use part of it so I don't have a horse with fat pets. <laughs> anyway, Cavalry is a great option. They have lots of great feeds. And I've really seen a big difference in our horses at the barn when they got on Cavalry feeds. So let's learn more about them. Cavalor is a horse feed supplement and care product company that was founded in Belgium 30 years ago, and they have been producing feed for the U.S. market since 2012. Its nutrition is based in the way horses are meant to eat. Cavalor's philosophy is based around mimicking the horse's natural diet and how they would eat in the wild, while recognizing that the demands we put on them today are different than wild horses of long ago. 
One of the things I love about Cavalor is that their products are natural, backed by research and science, and are proven to be effective. That's why Cavalor was a feat of choice for over 100 riders in the most recent World Equestrian Games, for riders in every discipline and from countries around the world. Not only do they make feet, but they also have a complete line of supplements and care products. If you've struggled with any kind of nutritional issue with your horse, you know that all products don't really work as advertised. So that's why Cavalier's is unique. Their products don't make it to the market until they have been proven effective in making noticeable differences in the issue a horse is facing. A lot of times we have behavioral issues with horses, but a lot of these issues actually have a nutritional root. With the positive reinforcement or clicker training, we strive to help the horses to be truly happy. To me, part of that, that philosophy, well, really a big part of that philosophy, includes making sure I'm doing everything I can to ensure their emotional as well as physical well-being. There's no denying that a good diet is a huge factor in that equation. The best part of Cavalier's team is that, is that they're so easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page, and a real live person will call you back to personally talk you through your horse's nutrition. Learn more about the products at www.cavalor.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalor North America. You'll be glad you did. All righty. So that you know, you guys, you are, you're getting more skilled now. I'm leaving you to pick your behaviors and what you're going to do and what it's going to look like. So I'm sure you probably learned a lot, not only about your horse and where he is with some of the behaviors, but how different it is to take him in different places. Some horses are going to like, no big deal. I'm fine in some places and other places it may be a big deal. Some horses will focus all the way through more often than not. Some horses, the slightest thing can be for the sensitive horses can be rather off-putting and, and, and disturbs their flow. So it's really good. This gives you a lot of information about your horse and where he is and and also, it can tell you kind of a little bit about yourself and your own training. Sometimes this gives you a reminder like, ooh, I haven't done this or I have to try more places. So this was just the beginning. In, in my situation, I went from a ring that they've been working in more lately to a ring they've certainly worked in still go out and do things throughout the winter. So the ring isn't all that different, but taking a behavior that's done more inside to outside, that was different than taking some of them further away from the kind of the working area of the arena to the kind of the more unfamiliar area. That was a really big and good step to kind of start testing things. Next, I'd like to take them over to the jumping arena. And then I would like to say, can you do it in your paddock? Can you do it on the track paddock? Can you do it it when you're turned out can you do it you know in places you haven't been so can you do it in the trailer you know for some of these behaviors you could you know some you can't but but you know so I can do different things and and test it in different places but it's just the beginning of saying that's great and and it, and the more you do this the quicker your horse is going to acclimate to a new place and say it doesn't matter the new place doesn't matter it's it's just the same and keep in mind horses have a real tendency to be um neophobic they're afraid of new places new things new situations they can find them fearful and think that they are might be trouble so it is excellent to actually try these things in really uh 
all over the place, different different places that you can go and seeing how they can do and learning that new places are not any different. New places are also just as valuable and just the same opportunity for reinforcement. So I want you to continue on. Think of the different places you can try it, the different situations, the things that you can shift. Use your imagination because it, it's pretty there's a lot. And sometimes don't underestimate that just the littlest thing might be a big thing. And it can be very different for different behaviors. So you are to carry on with the behaviors we worked on today. But think of all the behaviors and think of those ridden behaviors, too. That's really, really an important part. But starting with the ground behaviors can help get them the concept that the, the, the same training is going on, whether we're on the trail or we're in the arena. Anyway, so there you go. I hope this helped you out. I hope this gave you some food for thought and things to think about. And I want you to continue carrying on with that. You can listen to this and most on most of your favorite podcast players like iTunes and everything else. You can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app. Of course, the app makes it really easy and simple to use. It's free and you can find it at the App Store. And it's you can get it for your Apple phone, your iPhone, or your Android phone. So be sure to visit all of the great shows at Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. There's horses for all, I mean, shows for all sorts of people, all sorts of disciplines, all sorts of things. And they're a lot of fun and a lot of great information. So stay tuned for all that. If you want to learn more about me or what I'm doing or what I'm up to, you can go to, you can search for shawnacarish.com. And that is um, a website, but I'm merging it together with the Vianova website. So you can go to vianovatraining.com and find out more about, um, you can get to my website, my podcast page, my Ask Shauna page, my uh, product page, but you can, and learn more about what we're doing, but you can also sign up um, at the, for the Vianova website, which will really keep you up to date with what we're doing and, and see when some of our workshops are. So you can come out and visit us out there and, and also find out where we're, we're headed out and what we're doing and some of the stories that we're keeping up with, with our horses. So you can sign up for the newsletter at vianovatraining.com. All right, you guys. Well, that about wraps it up for today. And I want you to enjoy getting your horse on target. Until next time. Bye-bye.